0: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
0: Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of Pizza Quest. This episode was recorded on location in Atlantic City during this year's Northeast Pizza and Pasta and Bakery Expo. Over the course of two days, I got the chance to interview a number of luminaries in the pizza and baking world, deliver educational presentations, and talk to the judges at both the pizza and the bagel competitions. Hi, I'm Peter Reinhardt. I'm uh, and you're with, on Pizza Quest, but you're, we're here in Atlantic City, New Jersey, for I think it's the fourth or fifth annual Northeast Pizza and Pasta and Now Bakery Expo. There's all these three expos in one. I'm sitting here with P- one of Pizza Quest's most frequent guests, Scott Wiener, who uh, who is uh, everybody in the New York area knows from Scott's Pizza Tours. But in the pizza world, everybody knows Scott. He's, he knows more people than anybody I know in in the pizza world more people know him than they know me and and all of us put together. Scott's one of the big names here at every pizza expo event. You're hosting, you're judging uh, pizza competition. In fact, you and I are going to do a judging later today. Uh, What else are you doing here at the expo, Scott?
2: Well, first of all, that is totally false. More people, not more. More people do not know me than you uh, at all. Not in this world. <laughs> no, totally false. I wouldn't have gotten into this if I didn't read American Pie. Oh no, I didn't know. And that. Every, yeah, you—you you definitely. I, I emailed you years and yeah, years ago. I remember
0: ago. we, yeah, way back so long, long ago. That was a long time. But
2: ago. but yeah, and now I get to judge pizza with you, and I uh, I'm I'm doing some other seminars. I did a. New York Slice, past, present, and yes, future yes, this I would, morning. I wish
0: I could have gone because I was tied up doing my And own, I wish man. I could have been at and yours. And I wish they, we could have gotten yours recorded because I missed it. You it's know? okay.
2: I'll give you the whole spiel later today. We want to hear about it. Yes. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to do a pizza box marketing.
0: Wow. Well, pizza boxes, of course, Scott and I have a long history of the pizza box talk. Scott had a regular segment on Pizza Quest uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic. Uh, and you created, I think, about 25 or 30 so episodes of short episodes with us where you had the pizza box of the week. And it was one of my favorite things that we did on, on, our, so on our website.
2: Well, because, you know, we were all cooped up inside and locked down. And so Peter would say to me, hey, how about every week pull out a different five boxes and you'll show them to me and we'll record it and we'll have a show. And, and I was like, oh, great. I'm stuck inside yeah. with my pizza boxes, yeah. closet full of pizza boxes. And it was a great way to get them out into the world so people could see them. Air out thinks, those boxes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Remember? I, and it was always a surprise to you.
0: Yes, because I didn't... Yeah, and, and I, so I was learning the story, the backstory of the each box. Yeah, I loved and, it. And sometimes you would... Uh, I would have to try to guess, you know. Like there was always this little secret, little thing. Like where did this yeah. come from?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, did you notice this one thing? And it's yeah. like the artist's signature or something. Well,
0: it's a collection, and 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 they were also pristine. These were like you know pristine boxes. They weren't something that you just you know uh, threw out the pizza and kept the box. There was they were never been. They were what do you call them when they're uh, when, like on, on card collections when they're when they're uh, oh, mint, mint. They were mint and um, but each box had a great story and that's what i thought was kind of cool and you were the storyteller you got to tell us the
2: story and i think people anybody who's listening and doesn't know as much about this collection as maybe we're talking as if you did but it's a you no know, i collect pizza boxes for the past 10 11 12 years and they're mostly clean unused yeah, yeah exactly but mint. it's just they're mint. just mint. great <laughs> mint yeah. yeah just great examples of how we treat the box top as marketing or as artwork. And I, I love to take the box and treat it as artwork. Yeah, And even there were certain
0: artists that you you know knew stories about the artists who created that oh, box. Oh, I tracked them down. Yeah, wow. And they said,
2: I can't believe I have a fan. Like I'm like, I'm your biggest fan. I have all your work. And they're like, I designed a few boxes for some food distributor in (laughs) Chicago and I'm like yes and I love your work (laughs) that's so cool (laughs) and you made their day I'm sure
0: I mean I'm a fan yeah that's awesome well what are you going to talk about uh since this won't air until after your presentation tomorrow what are you going to tell people about pizza boxes as a marketing tool
2: we're going to talk a little bit about the trends in pizza box design and what is possible now that wasn't possible a few years ago also how does it work in pizza boxes how do you go back getting custom boxes? I'm always surprised that people don't, people who operate restaurants yeah. don't know how to go out finding what they need. So
1: Yeah, that's most why. of
2: them are probably using generic boxes. Yeah, and then even worse is you see people who buy generic boxes because they're cheap. They fold them inside out, then they stamp the outside, uh-huh. but then they have ink touching the pizza that's oh. not food safe. Oh. Uh And all of this, uh, you know... The box is bent the wrong way, so it flexes the wrong way. It's not as good at retaining heat because of the gaps. So if they had spent a
0: little bit extra money, they could have had it printed on, on, the right, on the right side of the box and gotten it mint and and also had the marketing potential. Well,
2: I don't mind so much the hand stamp. I actually really like that a lot. I like the aesthetic, but what I don't like is the inside out box is just... It, it truly doesn't hold the pizza as well. Mm. So I would rather people buy blank boxes. And all the pizza box companies that are here, I keep saying to them, I know you make your money in customizing boxes, but like, can you just make a blank box available so I don't have to deal with these inside-out boxes? Yeah, yeah. It gives me so much frustration in my life. Well, if they, if, they, if they sold the box plus a customized
0: stamp for the operator, then... That's the idea. Yeah. That's the idea. Let's do it. Let's make some money. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> oh my! God. I was, I. I just want. I. You make the money. I just want to email back the people who email me about the box. Here's your solution. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 And get a stamp.
0: Well, so though, so, so, but as a marketing tool, how effective is the pizza box
2: for marketing? Incredibly effective, because right now in the Instagram age where everybody wants to post a picture of the food, imagine if the box that it came in was as interesting. And something that was postable, then that becomes marketing. That the average pizza box is only seen by, I think the stat is two to three people will see each box,
1: and that's yeah, I yeah. think can
2: be is improved once you post it.
0: Wasn't there a box you showed on on Box of the Week that was? Was it a hologram, or it, lead you, it would lead you into a into a, a, a like a three D world of some sort?
2: Peter's thinking about the augmented reality boxes yes. of Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. two thousand thirteen limited edition Hatsune Miku Domino's Pizza Japan. Oh my gosh! You scan the box with your phone, and it comes to life, and the character sings. It was incredible, and the technology is totally there. It's just printing ink on the box. The technology of the phone is the harder part, but but nobody's picked up on that. Yeah, but QR codes are all the rage now. Yeah, that's right. So, so it's kind of
0: like a QR portal.
2: It's an augmented reality box. Is like, what if the phone recognizes the entire box image and not just a blippy, bloppy QR code? Yeah. But QR codes are, you know, people know how to scan them. And if you say on the box, like, here's a problem that the whole industry is facing: third-party delivery takes a lot of money from the pizzerias per sale. So what if, when you deliver your pizza, you can convert that customer into your direct customer? Scan this QR code for 10% off your next order. Uh-huh. And that reroutes them to your website. You log in, create a thing on their website, and then boom, 10% next time.
0: There you go. So it's a, a, a terrific marketing tool. It's like leaving money on the table if you don't do it.
2: Yeah, it's leaving, I mean, 30% Yeah. sometimes some of these third parties get. Really? So you lose 30%, you could get some of that back. Do we
0: have any stats yet of, from anyone who's doing what you're describing and actually doing it and how much it's impacting their business?
2: We don't have exact numbers, but we know that it works because we see that pizzeria's direct purchase is increasing.
0: There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, but we'll
2: be talking a lot about that and it's going to be really fun because I get to show off some of the pizza box pictures. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah. Well, but that, that's one of the cool things about expos like this for, you know, very few people other than people in the industry go to these shows and know about them but it's actually open to the public so anyone you know uh, the, the this one is usually in the fall here in Atlantic City the Vegas one is usually in the spring in Vegas there are other shows around the country but but they're open to the public and they're fun yeah but for the people in the industry they're they're super valuable because you've got someone like Scott who's giving you an idea there's workshops and information sessions that are giving gold nuggets of information to people
2: that can Im- impact their business. You know, I talked to somebody today who said that they sat through your... They were in your seminar this morning, the tweaking, tweaking your dough. Tweaking, we do that one every time, yeah. Yeah, well, it's one hour long, right? Yep. And the person said that they walked in toward the end and they said they were bummed that they missed most of it, but within two minutes of walking in, you said something that really stuck with them and made the whole trip worth it. And they, to them, it was... Two hours to get here, two hours to drive back, one hour to be at your event, or really 20 minutes. Wow. And then they saved days worth of research and reading. Oh,
0: cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that and that was just in a moment. And uh, that was one thing. And and by the way, for those of you who weren't in that workshop, that one is going to be a podcast, a Pizza Quest podcast. We've recorded it. Liam here, our producer, has uh, you know got it all into, and it may have already aired. By the time you're hearing this, you may have already aired, but it, and so it's probably already on the HRN site. Uh, and it will live forever. Uh, and it was, it was, it was an hour of really jam-packed full of information. I did it with John Guttekans, who is uh, a pizza, uh, genius in his own right. He's featured in the new Pizza Quest book. Uh, and between us, uh, yeah, we were dispensing some pretty cool little nuggets of knowledge. I can't wait to listen to this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and there's a reason why it's useful for you too, because you're now a pizza teacher you do you do workshops you do zoom classes you do both live and 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 uh, recorded pizza class sessions and stuff oh like yeah that. how does how does that work into your your big the, you know your your pizza empire which includes the pizza tours but now it's expanded well beyond pizza tours
2: yeah the we've been doing online classes for the past two years and that continues even beyond lockdowns and COVID and all this and with those classes I'm teaching people in an hour I have an hour and a half to take them from raw ingredients to well make well made pizza, uh-huh. and I think that's perfect amount of time. It's a lot of theory, but some of the things that I learned from you are about really common sense approaches to the pizza. Your approach is so clean and doesn't get weighed down in the heft of science. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the way that the way that you teach is practical with the not the scientific knowledge in the brain. Yeah, and that's. It's meant a lot to me because when I teach people, it reminds me to stop talking about enzymes as much. <laughs> they know that they're there. They don't have to know how they work. They don't have to go into the, the total deep dive and then such. Yeah, things. but just knowing about how time and temperature, yeah. and 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 the chemical makeup and biological makeup of flour, salt, water, and yeast, understanding those things, yes. is better than a recipe. It means that you can rest. You can recipeize is that, is that is that a word?
0: Well, no, it should be it's making not, a recipe. I you like can recipize. Let's, let's reciprocate. Add it. Let's submit it to uh, the Webster's folks and see if we can get it accepted okay. as a word. I'm
2: yeah. gonna start a letter. Uh, what do you call A petition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this Re- event.
0: recipe Recipize. Yeah, yeah we're gonna. Yeah, Peter and right I
2: there. are gonna meet and we're gonna recipeize a little bit.
0: I like it. it it's it certainly should be. A Peter word. is literally so writing anyway, this down so on you, his so manila. So you. So But what folder. you're saying is, uh, uh, and what I'm hearing you say about. Uh, when we' when we're teaching there are certain basic concepts that are you don't have to be a hard scientists to know I, I'm not I, I only know science because I had to learn it to explain the bread making process and so without a science background there are certain science principles that that are easy to grasp and can make a difference in maybe it made a difference for that one person who walked in today uh, in terms of <clears throat> uh, you know understanding functionality the functionality of an ingredient or why we make a particular choice when we make it, and how it can affect the final outcome of the product, and you don't have to, you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to, you know, fill your head up with a whole lot of unnecessary information to uh, just, but to get your head around it, you need to know some basic stuff.
2: Look, everybody in the world knows that if you heat up a pan and then put a steak on it, then you're searing it. You're
0: Gonna it. get a sizzle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and
2: everybody knows that. They don't have to know what how what happens to the proteins in order for that to happen. If they knew that, it might help. But yeah. every I wish everybody knew in the same way what happens when you combine flour and water and yeah. mix. And, yeah. and people generally do. But at these events, you start to see even some professionals maybe don't know the full story. That's why I love hearing your explanations about those things. Oh, cool. Well, well,
0: I'm, I'm glad that they've been helpful to you as well. So you get how many t- people typically will come and sign up for one of your... One of your uh, online classes, or your uh, what? Do you, what would you call them? Uh, yeah, they're uh, online.
2: Is that what it, it's? Yeah. Now, when we do them, it's just we don't do public classes. We do private classes. So a company will say, "Oh, uh, Facebook or Google or somebody will say we're going to send you know thirty of our people are going to do this class as a team building event, and then they order the class from us. We send them their ingredients, and then the time and play and time and day." They log on. There I am in my kitchen, or we have another instructor chef Ashley Mincy, uh-huh. and she, she's in Miami. She'll log on and do the instruction. Oh, so yeah. it's all it's all a cluster of people, usually twenty to thirty people. That's great. And
0: and are you enjoying the 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 whole process of
2: doing the class and
0: setting it up and doing the prep and you know executing the class? Is that something you enjoy doing?
2: I love it. My only problem with it is uh, I'm getting a lot of people. Let's say out of 20 people, 15 people maybe have never made a pizza or maybe just not successful enough to want to tell anybody uh-huh, that they make uh-huh. pizza. And then the other five, there's a mix of people who have pizza stones. There's one person who has an outdoor oven, but they only use it every six months. One person's using the grill. It's a little frustrating to teach it all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But And it's also a little much like, I want to make a really good pizza. In my apartment. Yeah. And sometimes I have to say, oh, everybody, nobody has a pizza stone today. I got to do it on a cookie sheet. But it means it's really fun. Do they, do they cook along with you? Yeah, when you we own, all you know, cook together. Yeah. Ah. And it's really fun because as frustrating as it might be sometimes, I get to ma- try to make the best pizza I can using a cookie sheet. Yeah. No fancy baking stick. It's steals. kind of a hack. You, you show them, if you don't have a stone...
0: That's not the end of the world. You can make it work with and that. And then my favorite
2: is that for the two people who have a stone, I'll make a pizza stone and pizza. And at the end of the class I'll show the two pizzas and people see that, "Oh wow, they actually look pretty similar." Yeah, yeah. We know that you and I know that they're different. And but it's they taste great because and feel that different. means you're
0: you're reaching people who are not just the people who already know how to make pizza. You reach make reaching people who would like to make maybe make their very first pizza.
2: Look, the goal is not to teach you how to make a pizza that you would sell to your customer. It's to get you to feel good about the pizza that comes out of your home oven. Yeah, that's it. And we know,
0: and we know that that home pizza oven is a gateway drug to sucking you into. Six months from now, you're going to probably be thinking about
2: opening your own little pop up pizzeria. And every, I guess, so many questions now because they've all seen on Instagram and everything people saying, "Oh, I bought one of those outdoor ovens and." Here's my. Uh, we Now we do pizza every yeah. Wednesday and yeah. Thursday and Friday. They take the next step and then the next step. Yeah. Gateway drug.
0: What did you think about? Speaking of those little ovens, uh, this has been since the last time you and I have seen each other, there's this been a proliferation of sales of Uni and Rockbox pizza, pizza ovens,
2: yeah. which seem to me to be,
0: tell me if I'm wrong, but they seem to be game changers in the home pizza movement.
2: They are total game changers because they get really hot. You're a home oven can't. And. They teach people more about the principles that your pizzeria has to deal with every day, which is management of the oven and how to move a pizza quickly and bake it properly. It's an active bake. It's not like in a, you're making brownies in a home oven. It's pretty much a passive break, bake. Yeah. It goes in the oven. 21 minutes later, yeah. you got a brownie. Yeah. With the pizza, it's active. It's not about amount of time. It's about knowing how to move it when you see something happening. And I think that's why they're game changers, because they really, I think for every thousand people who buy one of those ovens, yeah. maybe you have two, maybe a hundred people out of that thousand who don't use it after six months because they realize how tough it is. Maybe.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. So it still works, but, but at the same time, it does
2: engage them in the
0: process. But
2: that's it. Is that, it's kind of like, I remember like when I, was a, when I was a kid and I was in the Cub Scouts and we'd have to make those cars, Pinewood Derby race uh-huh, cars. Uh-huh. And you'd have to get a block of wood and carve a car out of it. Yeah. And then the hobby store, it sold some like pre-carved shapes. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, if what you care about is racing, then maybe the pre-carved thing is good. If what you care about is the process of building, you want to start with a tree. And I think Uni, Rockbox, those type of ovens is like starting with a tree. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some of these ovens that are coming out that are promising to be more automatic and hands-free. That's the pre-carved Pinewood Derby car. Yeah, yeah. And it, look, if it gets you there, great. But for some of us, I know for me, it's more about the action of the process. Yeah, the process. Life's yeah. a journey, not a destination. There you go. Aerosmith. Yeah.
0: Aerosmith? Is that an Because,
2: yeah, that was uh, Louis
0: L'Amour uh, was a, an author of the of Western not little... Dime store novels, you know, they're about uh, uh, 150 pages, you could read them in one sitting. And and he sold millions and millions of copies. And one of the characters he created that a lot of people know is Hondo, the, 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 who John Wayne, I think, played in one of the movies. And, and in the book Hondo, there was a line that I think I read it when I was, you know, maybe 50 years ago, but I still think of it all the time. And it was like Hondo was saying, is uh, is uh, some people ride the trail to get to the end of the trail, but I ride
2: the trail. Because I like the trail.
0: That's exactly yeah, it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 isn't that what those ovens do? Like, they they give you a challenge. Yeah. They don't just make you a good pizza. They give you a way to to, to, to do it, but it's yeah. a challenge.
0: And I like the fact that they're affordable. I mean, there's been a big boom in the last you know 20 years of people wanting to have a home a home wood fired oven, but they're pricey and they're expensive and it's a big commitment. Whereas these allow you to have that same experience for a couple hundred bucks. And I mean, it's even less than the Pizzaiolo oven that uh, Breville makes, which I love, Mm. which is an electric version of that, that in which you can make a terrific Neapolitan or pan pizza. And, but, and, and those are, uh, those are great. But even those cost. it's a little bit of a financial investment. I think a rock box or a uni is maybe a half or two thirds of that cost. And you can move it around. You can take it anywhere you want and set it up to get even camping. Well, except for inside. <laughs> you can't inside, can't yeah. use them inside. Well, and, and, and with the Pizzaiolo oven, you can. And I, yeah. I, and I love that. In fact, when I do my video uh, classes, I use my little uh, you know, portable Pizzaiolo oven.
2: Well, and the, the Pizzaiolo did something similar, which is just give you high temperature, give you something that is user-friendly. Yeah. There's less interaction that you need to do with that oven. But and no live flame. So with the uni yeah. and the rock box, yeah. live flame. And that's exciting. And and that's exciting. And, and, and for many people, that's what it's
0: all about. They, they love to cook. cook yeah. The unfortunately
2: fire. for me, I live on the fourth floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't have a live fire. No. I'll get kicked out of the co-op.
0: Well, that's, a, that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. so, but, uh, for people that have their own home or this, anyway, oh, what I, I know I, is, is that you. I get calls from people all the time going, I love, I love my uni. I love my rock box. And, uh, Uh, and I'm using it all some say they use it all the time now I don't know if they'll keep using it all the time when the novelty wears off but it's kind of cool that they know how now they feel that they know how to make a wood-fired pizza or a brick oven pizza you know comparable to what they could get at a pizzeria
2: I think that the successful user of one of those ovens is the person who messes up the first pie and then starts to try to figure out well what was it that went wrong and then they realize that the recipe that they made with a bunch of sugar in it yeah might have been the reason that uh-huh. the pie burnt in half I a say, second. Yes, and then they have to... And I think that's because then that, as you said, it's the gateway drug. That action might send the person down the rabbit hole of, you know, reading <laughs> yeah. up on, yeah. well, what? Did, well, how else do you make dough? And then
0: maybe they see yeah. all the options. And the next thing you know is they're showing up at my tinkering with your dough workshop
2: asking really cool questions. <laughs> oh, I got to ask you, what was a question that really stood out to you from that workshop this morning?
0: Question that stood out... that. that that's a good question because I don't know I would, partly because that was two hours ago and yeah. and I'm not even sure I can remember back <laughs> two hours well, you, what about
2: what about was there anything that John gutakcan said that really stuck with you
0: uh, well John talked a lot about creativity about about um, uh, borrowing from cooking techniques and blending f- flavors putting flavors that are not customarily associated with pizza and you know with other we we, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the what's the word? The controversial topic of Hawaiian pizzas. How you know there are people that are on both sides of the coin, and many people very vehemently opposed to the the notion that you would put a pineapple any pineapple on a pizza. And there's other people who go, but it tastes really good, so why should I be opposed? And and it's a hard you know you, there's no right or wrong on this argument. It's more personal preference, I think. But but I said, but there there is precedent for it in that the functionality of putting together sweet. Ingredients with savory ingredients, as part of cuisines of Asia, and you know the guy who invented the Hawaiian pizza was would, would did it in a uh, based on a Chinese cooking technique in his restaurant in Canada, not in Hawaii, but he called it a Hawaiian pizza because it had pineapple on it. But and so bottom line for me is, how does it taste? Does it pass the flavor test? You know, the, does it pass the flavor rule, which is flavor rules. And and since then, I've been to some pizzerias of high repute, so, such as. Nancy Silverton's Pizzeria Mozza, where they do a pineapple, uh, uh, pineapple, uh, and I forget what kind of ham she uses on there, but it's like it's like the Hawaiian pizza to the max, and you go, you can't, you, it's so good that you would you you can't even argue with her about that it's not valid, because it's 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 it is valid. It, she made she proved to you that it, the concepts work because it, it uses. Uh, it uses the principles of how flavors work together about delivering flavor pizza is great because it's the perfect flavor delivery system so who's to say that you can limit or that you should limit what the flavors are that it delivers and 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 scott you had a tv series called really dough where you and um uh who are you? Who would you argue with? Oh, that, with Mark Iacono. With Mark Iacono and argue about is it is it really in pizza? Is what the, really the argument was. And Mark was very much a purist. The pizza, the pizza has to be four ingredients and has to punch you in the nose and it has to smell a certain way. And and that may taste good what you're eating, but it's not pizza. And you would take the position. And I don't know if it was just for the camera or if, it's, if it was your position, but <laughs> you go, it it really tastes good and it's dough
2: with something on it, so it is pizza. Yeah, no, that none of that show was just for the camera. That was all. The producer would say, "All right, bring out the pizza, and then guys talk about the pizza." And so when Mark was when Mark would insult you, it was a real insult. It wasn't just for the camera. <laughs> I yes, it's a hundred percent. I I'm swear to you, there's no script for any episode. <laughs>
0: it was a very clever show. I it loved was Very it. hurtful. I loved the show. I, I don't <laughs> know if, what it was like when you watched the episode, but I loved the fact that there was parts of that show where you would even like drift off into your thoughts, and you would have you would be an imagination sequence where you would be thinking about stuff, and the camera would get
2: all that, wobbly. That's so. And on, on every what Peter's talking about on that on every episode, there would be the moment of like. I think what maybe when we're driving away from a pizzeria, yeah. where Mark would kind of look off in the distance, yeah. and it would go through a montage of like funny shots. Yeah. The editor is this guy Chris Murphy. Uh-huh. He's a genius, he did and a good job. he did all that. Yeah. But that you're the, you're talking about the third season of Really Dough is where there was a there was a plot, and we went on a road trip road together. Trip, yeah. And during the road trip, I lost his bag, and he got mad, <laughs> and some of that stuff is plot script yeah. uh-huh. so you know yeah. there's no dialogue written but it's all like oh Scott you're gonna leave his bag somewhere and then you're so gonna so he's gonna get mad at you yeah. yeah I didn't really leave his bag yeah. sorry to ruin the magic
0: uh, but but it
2: gave him a chance to, give, to, to to rant but yeah I mean to your point that the question of what is pizza yeah, and is a pineapple or whatever you want to say valid everything is valid what matters is taste and if That's and what taste is That's like I love what you said the the flavor rule which is that flavor rules yes exactly and it's well if you don't like pineapple pizza you don't have to eat it it doesn't mean it can't exist yeah and it doesn't mean you have to
0: squash the joy for somebody else but I
2: also think that and I you know I, I know people talk a lot about pineapple on pizza I get it on every tour every day and I always try to remind people that I think that the pineapple problem has more to do with the texture than the flavor. Uh-huh. So I don't think pineapple is that offensive flavor-wise. flavor-wise. yeah. Just because I think that the flavor of pineapple, as you said, it like fits. You know, there's sweet, savory, salty, acid, all the stuff, uh, spicy, like all those flavors make sense together. And pineapple has this sweetness and this acidity. What's wrong with that? And I think that what's wrong with that is the delivery vehicle. Pineapple's texture, chunky, sinuous. I could see that being tough. Uh-huh. But that's because people, Forget that you don't have to just cut it up and put it on the pizza. Pepperoni does not exist in nature. Mm-hmm. Pepperoni was made. Yeah. Pineapple, you can chop it up and roast it. Yeah. You can grill it. Yeah. You can you can augment it. And it just aggravates me only because pineapple is is not done. You know what I mean? When you treat it like it's a topping, like uh-huh. raw mushrooms, uh-huh. a handful of pineapple. Yeah. I could see that being offensive to people, but like. Uh, you don't have to do it that way.
1: Uh-huh. If,
2: I feel like if your heart is closed off to pineapple, you can open your heart. <laughs> if you want. Yes, if you want. And, and it doesn't matter to me if you like it or don't like it. We can still be friends, Peter. That's right. That's right. And uh, uh, But it is
0: it is a great, uh, uh, what would you call it? It's a good conversation starter or it's a good icebreaker if you want to get something on with a stranger. Like, <laughs> let me ask you something. You know, I don't know you from Adam, but do you... Do you
2: Pineapple, pineapple pizza, pineapple, or Hawaiian pizza? Yay or nay? I would love to be the person sitting next to you on the airplane. <laughs> yeah. How you say? Oh, excuse me. How do you feel about pineapple? <laughs> right, pizza? Right, right, You feel like
0: like uh, the the, uh, the early days of Saturday Night Live when when Dan Aykroyd and uh, and Jane Curtin would argue over something, point counterpoint, and she would say something, and Dan, uh, Dan Aykroyd would say, "You ignorant slut." Uh-huh. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, 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 you can you can you can insult somebody over this uh, 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 insignificant topic like pineapple on pizza, but the uh, uh, I think that it, the bigger issue that it raises is what is pizza, and maybe with the little bit of time that we have left, you know, we should talk a little bit about what. Okay, so what is your definition of pizza?
2: I love how you just oh I don't know with a couple minutes left let's talk about. The one of the world's biggest questions. Well, you, well, because you and I have to be in about five
0: minutes. We have to be at the judging booth. We're gonna head over to the judging booth for uh, for pizza. Right, three o'clock. Is that what you have uh, on your on your calendar that we have to be there at three o'clock? Yes.
2: Uh, okay. Okay. My definition of pizza. Yes. I'm gonna try to distill it well, down. You had to you had to define it for that TV series that you oh, did yeah. with Mark. Essentially, my definition is that it's a yeast leavened dough that gets stretched, topped, and baked full stop.
0: So it has to be leavened. It has to be, it can't be, it can't be uh, like a flaky uh, puff pastry or something like that.
2: So in my mind, the definition of the word pizza, like any other food definition, is a sphere. And at the core of the sphere is that sentence that I just said, right? But then over time, the definition changes Uh and there becomes a blurriness toward the edge of it. I don't believe that there's a fence between pizza and not pizza. I think that it's it it it, uh, it gets thinner. The definition can waver a little bit. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I think at the dawn of pizza, in the mid-18th century in southern Italy, pizza was being made by stretching out dough and weighing it down with stuff, something edible, as a means of compressing the dough against the floor of the oven yeah. to essentially to cool down an overheated oven Uh or to make use of the residual heat in the oven. So in my mind, well, the weight of something on a dough during the cooking process is essential to the origin of the food and therefore that's the Uh that's why a disc of dough, Uh a tortilla that you put some toppings on and then melt it, is not a pizza. Not a pizza to you. It's a tortilla with stuff on it. A bagel with stuff on it, sauce and cheese, is a bagel. It doesn't stop being a bagel because you put sauce and cheese on. Uh huh. Uh huh. An English muffin. You get the idea.
0: Yeah, I see. So, so you're the differentiating it. with yeah, the stuff on. Yeah. It. So the so it's not a pizza because it's dough with something on it. It's a pizza because of the the intentionality of how. For it me, made. it's
2: it's not ingredients. It's process. Ah, there you go. The way the fact that something is cooked with weight on it. Now I know what you're thinking already. What about a par baked Sicilian pizza, Scott? A par-baked Sicilian pizza, you par-bake the shell, yep. and then you top the dough, yep. and then bake it. To me, that's an example of being at the edge of the spherical definition, uh-huh. the blurry part.
0: So there, well, that's it. And that's good to know that there can be a blurry part, too. It doesn't have to be just black and white.
2: Peter, you ever read that book by Bartolomeo Scappi, the, the cookbook that came out in 1570? No, you know, I don't think I read that. Okay, I'm going to lend it to you. Or else I could say, oh, no, I read it in the original Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... This is, this is a cookbook written by the private chef for Pope Pius V. Uh-huh. There's seven pizza recipes in it. Really? In the late 16th century. Really? How oh, cool. But let me tell you, none of those pizza recipes have cheese or sauce or tomato or anything. The word pizza was being used to describe cookies and cakes at that time. Wow. So when you say, oh, well, the definition of the word changes over time. Yeah. So what is a pizza now? is different from a core definition like mine of what pizza was in Naples in 1870. Yes. So that's why the well, that's question very, of what is pizza yeah. is a moving target.
0: That, it's a movable feast. Yes. And and uh, that's probably a, a good transition for us because you and I are now going to head, we're going to end this episode of Pizza Quest. And by the way, thank you to all of our our sponsors our underwriters for making it possible but thank you also for scott for being here but he and i are going to continue this conversation on another episode along with maybe our other judges because we're going to have to define today not only what is pizza of a particular type i think we're in the traditional category so we have to know what is the definition that we're looking for so that make sure that everyone who enters in that category meets the criteria but also then what differentiates the winners from the losers and we got it. So we're gonna we're gonna go talk about that at our on our next day. And we're gonna keep this topic open for future episodes of Pizza Questions. What is pizza? And I think Scott, you gave us a great, uh, well thought out, thoughtful answer about pizza. That's not just something off the top of your head, but something you've clearly thought about quite a bit. <laughs> Every day of my life, Peter. You are a pizza obsessive. There's no question about that. <laughs> and and uh, for those people who are not from New York but are going to New York. Make sure that you look up Scott's Pizza Tours uh, because you're still doing tours. You've yeah. got, and you've got even, t- you, your business has grown to the point where you have tour guides besides yourself that go out.
2: I have a great crew of people, eight different tour guides. And then me, we do them almost every day of the week.
0: Unbelievable. And and, that, and I love the fact that it was a, a business that grew out of a personal passion you, that goes all the way back to your, well, your college days, right? Totally, exactly yeah. right. All right, well, we're gonna continue this and we'll have Scott on in future episodes. Uh, I see that Paulie G. just walked by. Uh, we're going to try to get him on, a, on another episode. We'll set up a time for him. But, but you and I are going to go over to the judging area so we don't get in trouble with uh, the Pizza Expo folks. And we'll see all of you, or at least hopefully connect with all of you, on the next episode of Pizza Quest uh, here on HRN, Heritage Radio Network. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode. If you want to hear more of our coverage from the Northeast Pizza and Pasta and Baking Expo, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Pizza Quest is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.